Hello and welcome to the Stories of Northern Life by the Sault Ste. Marie Museum. This episode is a historical recording from the Historical Society meeting in 1971 with Corp. Ivan Shanahan, talking about skin diving and shipwrecks in the Great Lakes. He discusses scuba diving and some of the wrecks he has come across during his own dives. So let's get into it. Sault Ste. Marie Historical Society meeting Thursday, January 21st, 1971. Guest speaker, Corporal, Corporal Ian Shanahan, Identification Officer, Sault Ste. Marie Police Force, speaking on skin diving and shipwrecks. Sault Ste. Marie Junior High School, <coughs> Tom is a skin diver. When he heard that this program was on, we asked him to come over. On the way over, he showed me some pictures that he had with him of boats that he has seen. A boat. A boat, excuse me. The only one that brought it was, it was snowing pretty bad at the time. <laughs> so, uh, Tom, I don't know whether you, this is pretty short notice. He got trapped on this one. <laughs> if he has any, if you have anything, Tom, to say or explain, or people might ask you <coughs> some questions on this. So. This is a fill-in as well. Well, I can fill in for a few moments, I guess. I have uh, received this picture from Father Dowling from the University of Detroit. I was doing some skin diving in the lower St. Mary's River between uh, Nemish Island and St. Joe's Island. And I came upon a wreck, and I, I removed the nameplate off it. The name of the ship was the B.F. Bruce, and I tried to find out some history behind it through uh, Mr. C. Ayani at the Corps of Engineers, and he had no record on it at all. Father Downing was kind of mystified by it because the only records he had was uh, this picture of the boat, and also the fact, the last report of it was that it was sinking off Montreal in approximately 1890, and how it ever got to Sault Ste. Marie and sank is still a mystery. So if anybody has any information at all on shipwrecks locally, or that knows of any way that I can find records on possibly the BF Bruce, I would certainly appreciate it. I have the name of the shipbuilder and uh, approximately the year it was built and the tonnage and everything, uh, the structure of the ship. It was a 190 foot schooner, a three master, and uh, they suspect that it sank approximately 1896. Now, they knew there was a shipwreck down there but they did not know the name of the boat, so I kind of cleared that up a little bit for them. I have the nameplate, the wheel. I'm still looking for the bell off it. Uh, dead eyes and pulleys and other things like this, some dishes, cups and glasses and things like this. But uh, any information possibly, or any information where I can find other information on this would certainly be appreciated. Professor Fred uh, Landon's uh Landon of the uh, University of Western Ontario, London. His book, Lake Huron, is a very good source for ship names on, on Huron and adjoining waters. I believe I've heard the name. Uh, uh, yeah. And uh, is Landon's book in the public library here? Does anyone? I don't know. I don't believe it. I've it, heard of the book already. It's a very excellent book uh, as a source for that sort of information. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, I'd like to leave this picture here if, it would, uh, if you'd like it. I have another copy of it. We'd glad to have it. Mm -hmm. <coughs> if I find any other information on it, I will send it over. Hopefully, do you need it at all? It was a three-masted schooner, eh? Mm -hmm. Well, how did you get the picture? Father Dowling comes up every summer to Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. Spends most of the summer riding on the Sugar Island Ferry taking pictures of other ships. He is probably the greatest historian on shipwrecks in the Great Lakes any place in the world. <clears throat> he has more information, more pictures of the ships that had sailed the Great Lakes and the other man than I know. He has written many articles for magazines and books on shipwrecks for the Great Lakes. And he has sources of information that go way, way back. I don't know where he gets all his information, but... Was he there when the ship went by? No, no. He's just come by the picture. This is out of his records from the University of Detroit. He's got many, many files on it. So this picture shows the schooner tied up in what looks like a dock. Do you know where the, what the location is? No, he had no idea what the location was on how was it identified as the uh, as the Benjamin Bruce, Benjamin F. Bruce? It was in the records with all the measurements of the ship and I think it was from the shipbuilder himself. This is a copy of the original. And is the wreck itself uh, in fairly complete shape or is it disintegrated? No, the masts are down on it. Uh, part of the back end is off. The hull is completely intact. The deck is still on. It's partially full of iron ore yet. Oh, there's an ore carrier. Mm -hmm. Does it have engines as well as sail? Could you tell us um, there's, if many of the other people here, like myself, their knowledge of the uh, techniques of skin diving are practically nil if they're like mine. Uh, tell us something what, what seems perfectly ordinary everyday stuff to you, <laughs> but which might be fascinating to the members of the society about how you do it. What Are you talking about how you locate ships themselves or are you talking about the techniques of diving? Both, really. First one locate and then the techniques of diving. <laughs> Well, first of all, you should take a training course in scuba diving, a self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. I also instruct a course at Lake Superior State College, a credit course in scuba diving. It's a fascinating sport. I mean, it's if you ever take up this sport, it's completely different than anything else you've ever tried. It's weightlessness. You have complete freedom underwater. And uh, age really means nothing. There's a, a man who started diving last year, he's approximately 55 years old. Now, that sounds old to me, but it might not sound so old to some of you gentlemen. That's <laughs> <laughs> good. But, uh, this fascinated me to see a man this age going into it, and he's really gung-ho for this. His name's Al Borgon, he lives in Sault Ste. Marie, Ontario now. He moved over from Sault Ste. Marie, Michigan. And he is in the process now of doing a lot of research on, on shipwrecks. Uh, the, the only thing I can say, if you ever want to get into it, you should take lessons on it. Uh, it's a dangerous sport. It's a fascinating sport. And uh, this gentleman here is just 
decided to start taking the course. He doesn't know what he's getting into. Anymore. <laughs> it does cost a little bit of money. What is the origin of the word scuba? Self-contained underwater breathing apparatus. I came on this wreck through uh, talk with some people on Navy Island that said there was a wreck located down here and they said it was right off this point. I dropped my anchor once and backed up about 100 feet and hooked it. I was very lucky. We spent weeks at Whitefish Point looking for other wrecks and never come close. We're in the process now of looking for other wrecks possibly loaded down with a little bit of copper ore or copper ingots or silver ore possibly $20 gold pieces in the safe. I'm dreaming now. This is, <laughs> that, uh, this is what I do in the summer. Being a teacher and three months off, I like to spend my time in the water. I also work for the Sheriff's Department on the water all summer long. I patrol the rivers, so I get to talk to a lot of people, some of these old fishermen that have some stories on, oh, the ship went down off, you know, a quarter of a mile off this point or something. And you start working from there. How deep does that boat lie down? This boat is only in 50 feet of water, so it's uh, it's a nice shallow wreck to die. Clear enough on that sea. It's mostly field work on that wreck. You can't see too much. This is half of it lies in the channel, and the bow is in about 30 feet, and the stern would be in about 50 feet of water. I hope I'm filling in a wish Corporal Shanahan would arrive here pretty soon. <laughs> 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 would these wrecks off Whitefish Point be in deeper water? Yes, they would. The problem with uh, They range from uh, washed up wrecks on the shore to 400 and 500 feet, some spots. Couldn't get that deep, could you? Not with my gear equipment. I noticed that uh, in the news the last few days, uh, talk of divers examining the wreck of the B-52 that was lost off Charlevoix. Um, how do they um, combat the question of the icy water as well as the depth? Well, they're hard hat divers and they have a completely sealed suit and they wear long underwear, insulated underwear, so they're quite warm. There was a fellow that got into trouble yesterday on it, got tangled in the wreckage, and this is about 240 feet of water. So another gentleman had to go down, untangle him, and they had to decompress for about two hours on the way up. And these, these, these uh, sealed suits and the long underwear, are they sufficient to keep you warm? For a certain period of time, and sooner or later your body's going to start losing its body heat. Uh, when you're surrounded completely by something cold, it will eventually sap it. Has he arrived? <laughs> <laughs> this gentleman will never remember me because it's been years since he's seen me. Well, that was extremely interesting. You answered questions I'd never known the answer to before. Thank you very much. The meeting is yours. We've completed all the business, and uh, you just tell us what you'd like to, how you'd like to have things arranged. I think we're pretty well suited here. We're here all afternoon.
Well, briefly, uh, what I have here is a half-hour film we put together. Uh, some of it will relive the history, some history of Sault Ste. Marie and the uh, Marine Wise. On this film, there's several shipwrecks that have been photographed, and uh, the oldest one is an 1882 wreck in the upper St. Mary's River of the uh, George D. Russell. And uh, it turned out to be a jinx boat to us because the first time we were down to photograph it, our housing leaked and the camera got wet. Film got wet, you'll see some of the blushes on the film. Then the summer I went back to rephotograph it again and the camera hosing busted again, so it's a jinx to us photographically. But uh, we do have some of it. Uh, well, we injected a little bit of humor into it in a couple of places, as you'll notice in the, in the film. But uh, there was a, a few mistakes made, half a dozen, I guess, in the boat all. Most of uh, the avid historians have probably noticed them. But uh, this sound for this uh, film is all going to be redone on a new type of uh, projector and so forth that we just got. And we'll be putting the sound right on the films in the, in the future. And this one will be redone and the mistakes corrected on it. It's a half hour long, so rather than take too much of your time, we'll go ahead and maybe somebody has a few questions they'd like to ask after. Since the early explorers discovered the five Great Lakes in the latter 1500s, the first vessel on record as lost or sunk on the inland waters was LaSalle's Griffin in 1679. Almost 300 years have since gone by, leaving the list of thousands of vessels falling victim to the same fate. After World War II, the world's foremost underwater explorer and inventor, Jacques Couteau, and his self-contained breathing apparatus mass-produced opening the underwater world to those who were interested in undersea exploration and adventure. Up to this time, most of the diving in the Great Lakes was carried out by the hard-hat divers who were few in number and their services required mainly for commercial repairs and lake construction. An experiment in color movies underwater was started in 1956 with the movie camera placed in a plastic bag which had a circular glass front plate in front which was sealed with a watertight sealing ring. Although built commercially for this purpose, it was awkward to manipulate the controls and almost impossible to aim. Due to the success of this first film, it was decided to experiment further and test run several of the various types of film available. A new plexiglass underwater camera housing was designed and built, and with the new type film, the experiments continued at the scene of an unidentified wrecked tug at Coppermine Harbor in Lake Superior. Although this wreck was badly broken up, it offered an excellent scene for taking the movies. And while this experiment was being carried out, one of the divers turned his diving suit inside out so the red lining would offer better color contrast. While swimming into deeper water with the camera operator following, they discovered another wreck of a fishing tug which was previously unknown. One of the hazards experienced by divers has been the risk of being run down and severely injured by boat operators. For this reason, a red flag with a white diagonal bar from the upper left corner to the lower right corner should be used on a float to warn boaters that there are divers in this area. In addition to daytime diving and filming using only the best in film equipment and the film itself, our divers attempted a nighttime shot. In 1769, Alexander Henry established the first wind furnace for smelting copper at a point of fire in the upper St. Mary's River. 
This was a very active settlement where he built three large lake boats, which later became famous during the War of 1812. At this location, he constructed a dock made of log cribbing filled with boulders, which is still visible below the surface. The vertical pilings to the east of the stone dock are the remains of two other docks which have been built since, one in 1834 and the other in 1892. Thank you so much for listening. And if you're in Sault Ste. Marie, please stop by the Sault Ste. Marie Museum. We have a land, air, and sea exhibit on display right now, and it highlights some aspects of the Great Lakes and ships like heard today. And we also have a permanent marine exhibit on our third floor dedicated to ships and shipwrecks like these. So come on by and visit us. We are open 10 till 4, Tuesdays through to Saturdays. See you later and come back again next week for another episode by the stories of Northern Life.